You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. The Gordon Damer Show, as you also know, at home to Michael K. Show trivia champion, Gordon Damer. Oh, my goodness. So much to do today. Lots to discuss. You know, I'm trying to uh, use this time. I've said before, if you if you have something on your bucket list to do, like personal improvement or reading more or getting in shape, if you're not doing it now, just take take the list and throw it in the garbage. Set it on fire, take the ashes, and just throw it away. Because if you're not using this time somewhat productively, you're never going to use your time productively. So I've been trying to get myself in shape. So one of the tips that I've heard is that when you wake up in the morning, first thing you do is you have a big glass or a big drink of ice water, even before you have your coffee. So first thing you do is, I think it's a 32 ounce, I do 32 ounces of ice water. Then I have my coffee. And then what I do is I run to the bathroom for the rest of the day. It's a fun little thing. You can't eat if you're always in the toilet. Lots to do on this, too. Probably not the best way to start a show, but you know what? Uh, it is what it is. This show is a little bit different than all the other ones, right? So we got lots to discuss. It's just one hour. We'll get through it all before 6 o'clock, and uh, then you're on your own for the rest of the day. No, you have Golik and Wingo at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, I guess the cat's out of the bag, right? They've been talking about it. Golik and Wingo uh, ending the new morning show starts, I think, August 17th. And people have reached out to me on Twitter and have been asking the question, you know, with the changes, are there going to be any changes for you? More time? No time at all? Extra hour? And the answer is no. Uh, no, there's not going to be any extra time. There's not going to be any less time. So, I mean, depending on your outlook on life, it might, uh, it might be good news, might be bad news. Now, if you're upset that I get any time, well, bad news. I'm still going to have the hour. At least, <laughs> you know, look, the, the, tomorrow's promise to no one. But uh, I don't know what to tell you. But, of course, the number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. That is not changing. You can also follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You probably already know that. And if you're not by now, look, I guess you got your reasons. I'm not the boss of you. But uh, daily uh, poll question will be up momentarily. We'll do a nice unveiling of the poll question today. Ooh, an unve- I always love a good unveiling of the poll question. And then uh, moment of inspiration, you know, 530-ish. We'll see uh, how long I run in this opening segment. All good stuff. But we got more signs that A-Rod's not buying the Mets. Uh, you got no fans at Jets or Giants games this year. So sadists will have to fu- just have to watch those games at home, especially late in the year. Uh, the Yankees, their final exhibition game last night. Robinson Cano's problems the Mets uh, and the problems the Mets are going to have. And I know, look, it's early. People are driving sometimes. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. Maybe you're doing your ice water and running to the toilet like I am. I don't want to shock you. I don't want to alarm you. But there's news that it does not look like Jed Lowry is going to be ready for the start of the Mets season. I know. I know you're shocked. You're, you're probably you're holding the wheel. Ooh, white knuckles. You might have skidded a little. Whoa. That's a shocking piece of news to just drop on our laps at 5.03 in the morning. But you know what? Let's start with the, uh, the NBA because things are gearing up there. I have not really focused much on the NBA. I want to get things up and running. I'm much more focused on the baseball because the baseball is coming up first, right? You got Thursday, Yankees and Nationals. The season opens. How much of a season we're going to have? Who the hell knows? But let's get to it. Got my FanDuel thing restarted. Finally remembered my password from about a month ago. 
Uh, a little over a week until the NBA restarts their season in the bubble. They have been testing players to uh, get ready. And really, I guess it got a little bit of a pub yesterday, but I think this is the best news. If you want life back to normal, if you want sports back to normal, the NBA tested 346 players as they get ready for their relaunch at the end of this month. And zero players, zero tested positive. Now, maybe that's just because they've run out of Nets players to test. They, they seem they're the biggest problem of the whole bunch. But, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Zero out of 346 players, zero tested positive. Now, look, I'm sure there's going to be those LeBron fans that will figure out a way to give him credit for this somehow. Michael Jordan never was able to get everyone to test negative. LeBron was. But this, this is the first step. And to get to this stage, I don't think you can dismiss it as just saying, well, of course, we knew that that was going to. This shows you that at least you can start. And there have been questions throughout of whether or not this was even going to be able to get off the ground. Now, some people came from a honest point of view. I think I've come from an honest point of view. There are some people out there that have not come from an honest point of view and are just going to shoot down any possibility of any positivity whatsoever. Ah, oh, just cancel the season. Ah, oh, you can't do it. You know, not looking at facts or anything. So the NBA put some pretty strict rules in place. It seems like, at least for now, guys are following them. And, of course, it's not really a bubble. I mean, for the players, it seems like a bubble. But for the workers that are are, are catering to the players and, and doing all this stuff, they're still going home. They're still exposed to life. So I'm not telling you I know how the fact that they've had this one round of testing that nobody's come up positive, that it means anything for the long haul. As I said yesterday, there are no, um, there are no guarantees in this. There are no really any predictions. It's really just guesses. And we'll see how these things go. Uh, but the NBA has had some major advantages going for them and a few drawbacks as well. And the fact that they can play in a bubble is a big advantage. And I've said in the past, if you are, even if you're not an NBA fan, you should be rooting for the NBA success because if they can't succeed, well, then it's pretty clear nobody can succeed. Again, I don't know if it's going to stay that way. Is the fact that this news is out there and, and the feeling being maybe a, a, a sense of relaxing on the importance? See, it's fine. We don't have to work, we don't have to be so strict in all these lockdowns. I don't know if that's going to be the case for the league. I'm sure it's not going to be for the case. But for the players themselves, is there going to be a little bit of, well, you know what, maybe we don't have to be so militant in all these different things about uh, where we can go, when we can go, who we can go with. Who knows? Maybe now with this news out there, everybody's going to be trying to play doubles ping pong. You know, I mean, doubles ping pong, that could be a real problem for the spread of the virus. But uh at this point, I do think it's all guesses. And what's important to remember, people will be guessing, right? And some of those guesses will be right. Someone has to be right, whether they play the entire season, whether it gets canceled. But that doesn't mean that what people are saying now is still not a guess. When it's decided, things always feel like they're inevitable, as I brought up yesterday, right? If they get the whole season through, get through it all, there's those people that, oh, of course it completed right there's too much money on the table of course it got completed it's not all that serious and then if the season gets canceled those same people will tell of course it was never going to work there's no way you can it's a pandemic 
So I think it's all guesses, but the fact that you got that news yesterday, the NHL, I think they had something like 2,600 tests or something like that, only two positive cases out of that. Major League Baseball opens on Thursday, as I mentioned, and even the NFL, even the NFL moving along. Reports are the preseason going to be canceled. Uh, Dan Graziano, the NFL and the NFLPA have agreed on testing protocols. They'll start with daily testing for the first two weeks and then go every other day if the test if the positive rate falls below 5%. If it doesn't, they'll keep testing daily. Adam Schefter on with uh, the Michael K show yesterday. Uh, has the NFL thought about postponing the start of training camp? Here is Adam Schefter. The NFL has not been of the mind to delay a single thing. They just continue to go on, business as usual, carrying on as if, you know, they're aware of this, but they're, they're going after it. They're attacking it. They're not waiting around. And so I guess if, if you delay it, there are certain hot spots in the country, Florida, California, Texas, Arizona, where the, where the virus has infiltrated those areas where there are NFL teams. And I, I think you could make a legitimate argument as to why they should be pushing back camp in those places. But I think the NFL would just say, we're going to be safe. We're going to be careful. We're going to do our best, and we're going to go along with this. And that way, there's the cushion, I think, built in that if during the season they have to shut it down at some point because there's some sort of outbreak on teams, and they have to shut it down for three three weeks, and I'm making this up. Who knows, right? Then they can then push the Super Bowl back at that point in time, three weeks. They're not giving away those three weeks right away when they feel like they don't have to. Plus, let's also keep in mind, these players haven't had an offseason together. The rookies still haven't been in the buildings together. This is like, you know, it was, football was in the 50s, 60s, 70s when there was no offseason program. Guys went their own ways when the season ended in December or January, and they weren't seen or heard from again until training camp in the summer. And it's a little bit like that right now. Some guys have had access to gyms. Other guys, maybe not. And so they, they want to get them in because now you're going to get into the issue of, like in 2011, when there was no offseason, Season, players came in after the lockout ended, and there were a bunch of soft tissue injuries. So, so you want to wait around then? Like at some point, they got to get in. All right. So there's Adam Schefter yesterday on the uh, Michael K show. Well, look, the NFL, uh, as he kind of touched on, had two major benefits. Right, the one that everybody talks about the fact that they had so much time to gear up for this, and uh, the other one was that the the owners will kind of just push through whatever they want to do, no matter what. And it's, it certainly doesn't seem like they're bending uh, to the news reports at all. And the time aspect, it was not nearly as beneficial because not all that much has changed, right, in terms of the virus. And and the things that have changed have not necessarily been good news. They're actually getting worse in in certain areas where there are NFL teams. It's not cleared up to a degree where you would think to yourself, all right, it's now on the downside. We don't have to really worry about that this much. Uh, I, I find it very, very hard to see how the NFL is going to be able to pull this off just based on the amount of people the fact of what the game is, it doesn't really, it's impossible really for the NFL to play in a bubble. It seems kind of hard to believe that this is going to be able to be pulled off. But as I said before, and I'd be hypocritical if I, it's all guesses, right? I mean, some guesses are more educated than others. And just looking at the, of what the, the, the landscape of what the NFL is with all these teams and all these players and, and the fact that it doesn't really seem like they are, uh, they have not really taken the advantage of the benefit of time as well as they could have. But I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't say I, I'm just guessing, and I think that everybody is right now, and we'll see how it kind of plays out. I don't think the NFL has a lot of benefits on their side, and the ones that they did uh, are kind of already off the board. 
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so coming up, the poll question from today will tie into what the poll question was yesterday. So I'll unveil that coming up. A-Rod, not a shock, is not going to buy the Mets. And is there a new contender for the worst move of the Brody Van Wagenen era with the Mets? It certainly seems that way. So we'll uh, do all that coming up. It is the Gordon Damer Show, home of Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. Flows. It just flies. I hear people calling up and having trouble getting through it. It's very, very simple. Gordon Damer Show, home of Michael K. Show trivia champion. Not that many words. And if I can get it out in my stumbling, mumbling tone, I think anybody should be. I'm just reading that uh, Antonio Brown retired again. Does it still, do you still have to keep coming out and, and saying it? Well, like when you've already said it in the past? I think that the one retirement, it, it doesn't expire, does it? I've never retired from anything, but I don't think that that's how it works. I think once you retire, until you unretire, that retirement still carries on. It's not like uh, food on a shelf where, oh, this one's bad. I got to go get another one. No, the same. Re- we were assuming that the retirement. And is it a retirement if nobody's going to sign you anyway? I don't know. All these unanswered questions. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Gordon Damer Show. Home to Michael K. Show trivia champion. Gordon Damer. So yesterday I asked the uh, poll question. About Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, another home run uh, last night. Yankees uh, preseason uh, finale. I guess it's an exhibition finale. Whatever it is. It's not spring training. It's not summer. Whatever. Thursday finally counts for real. At least uh, that day. Hopefully everything stays as it is. All things are pointing in the right direction. Let's just hope it keeps going in that direction. So yesterday I asked, is Aaron Judge the biggest star in New York sports right now? Not most accomplished, but star. Now, Star is kind of an open-ended, you know, how you define what a star is, it's kind of up to you. But I think we can all kind of agree that production is part of it, profile is, is part of it, personality is part of it, and I think clearly the answer is yes. And you agreed, overwhelmingly, 60-40, pretty much everybody agreed, yes, Aaron Judge right now is the biggest star in New York sports. But of course, as it is with Twitter, there's always disagreement. People, qu- oh, well, Aaron Judge has a lot to prove. Well, he has to prove that he can stay healthy. That's really the only thing he has to prove. That's the biggest thing that y- you can point to his home and road splits if you want. But the only thing he's got to prove is that he can stay on the field because he showed over three years, if he stays on the field, he's productive. He's, a, he's among the most productive players in baseball. So I, I'm someone who likes to bring people together. That's what, in my soul, that's what I'm about. So I figured today, I don't want to do anything about the NFL safety protocols. That's a snooze. Uh, Brody Van Wagenen's worst uh, move overall it's a Met question. That's going to tank. So I figured, you know what? Let's stick with uh, the topic that we came up yesterday and give people to prove to them that they are wrong. Sometimes you have to make it abundantly clear to people who are wrong in your life that they're wrong. And you can show them the facts. Now, there's a lot of people that are not going to accept the facts, but the facts are the facts. So let's unveil. I went with four today because these are the four that I think at least you could make an argument 
for biggest star currently in New York sports. So let's do it like a little battle royale. Do we have uh, some unveiling music, Brian? We have, to, we have to get some better unveiling music, but let's get to any unveiling music that we can have. All right, here we go. You are a fan of the rewatchable movie bracket. This, uh, this uh, music will uh, be uh, very familiar. All right, so the biggest star currently in New York sports. Let's count it. Uh, what, is, what is that? Um, what is it? The Royal Rumble where every five minutes somebody else comes in the ring? Yeah. Okay, Royal Rumble style. So let's, let's uh, count it down. Five-second timer for our first participant. All right, our first participant obviously would be Aaron Judge, right? That's the guy yesterday we asked you about. You all kind of agreed that Aaron Judge is the biggest star. And uh, look, there's some points that I, I hit on yesterday. But the biggest one I probably missed on, Aaron Judge is the only person playing currently in New York that you could make a reasonable argument that they are the face of their sport. Yes, Mike Trout is clearly a better, more accomplished player in Major League Baseball, but Mike Trout doesn't like to be the center of attention. I'm not saying that Aaron Judge is, it wants to be the center of attention, but he is his personality is, is more out there. He's, he's obviously the most recognizable, right? I mean, the guy's six foot seven, as we brought up yesterday. Tons of ads, Pepsi, Jersey Mike's. He has a, one with a, a speaker company. He's a JBL. He has one with Adidas. He's led all of baseball in jersey sales for the last three years. And, oh, yeah, he happens to be the six foot seven slugger on the New York Yankees, which just so happens to be the team that is most prominently, uh, in terms of winning, they're the best set up to win something anytime soon. Now, part of that is there's a whole bunch of other teams that are not set up to win anything anytime soon, maybe not even in our lifetimes. But I think that Aaron Judge has to be the very first participant in our Battle Royale, Royal Rumble-style four-way match here. Matchup. So Aaron Judge is the first participant. All right, let's uh, send another participant to the ring. Oh, my God. We're going to have to do something a little bit better than that uh, for the next time we use this, which might not be too far in the future. If, if sports gets canceled, boy, you better get used to hearing that sound effect. All right, so our second participant, obviously, would be the one I think that most people brought up yesterday because they're misinterpreting the question, but that would be Jacob deGrom. Two-time defending National League Cy Young Award winner, the most maybe accomplished player in town, certainly. National League Cy Young, nothing to sneeze at. But, as I brought up yesterday, playing on the second team in town. And, I think you'd have to bring up the fact... I don't even know know if he's number one on his own team. Now, in terms of accomplishments, you would have that. But does that make a star? Does Jacob deGrom's personality set up as someone who really likes to be out there and is recognizable? I don't think so. But that is your second option in the uh, biggest star in New York poll question. All right, let's do it again. Let's hit uh, number three here, Brian. Okay, so number three 
is another one that got brought up yesterday. And, and again, if the argument was most accomplished, well, Kevin Durant might have a reasonable argument to make, right? He might have the best career. He's won an MVP. And look, if, if it was just most accomplished, I don't even think that the question would have been posed. It wouldn't have gotten off my little sheet of paper that I write, write down the suggestions on and, 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 and my little scrap paper that I write things on. He's won a finals MVP twice. He won an MVP once. But that's not the question, who's the most accomplished? It's who's the biggest star. And I'm sorry, the fact he has never played a single game here has to have some impact. That's like saying, well, you know what? Zion is uh, the biggest star in New York. He just hasn't played any games in New York yet. Well, he doesn't play for a New York team. Right, Durant, he might play for a team here, but he hasn't played here yet. And if I'm knocking DeGrom for playing on the second team in town, I mean, how could I not knock Durant for playing on a team that is clearly the second team? I mean, at least in my lifetime, the Mets have been, you know, the the number one team here. Now, it hasn't happened in 30 years, and it was a very short, you know, window. But look, it was was a window. The, The Nets have a wall. There is no window. It's just straight cinder block. And if you were ranking the teams in town, the top six, we could argue about. But we know what the top six are, and we know what the bottom three are. And the Nets, they would be down with the Devils and Islanders. Now, they might be ahead of the Devils and Islanders, but that's where they are. They're not up with the, the, the Yankees and the Giants and the Jets and the, the Knicks and the Rangers. Come on. Let's it's not be ridiculous. All right, so Kevin Durant, he is your third option for the biggest star currently in New York sports. And then number four, give us a countdown, Brian. I guess the number four that I went with is Pete Alonzo. Couldn't come up with an argument for anybody on the the Knicks. Uh, I'm leaving the hockey teams out of it, and I don't think that there's anybody on the hockey teams. No capo caco. So I went with Pete Alonzo, Mets first baseman, burst on the scene last year, 53 home runs, even though it was a juiced ball and all that type of stuff. I'm not not putting any asterisk on it. Slugger, and does, I think, much more so than DeGrom, have the personality that people gravitate towards. To me, he is a fu- now he's not as accomplished as Degrom, but I think he's a much bigger star, and his personality kind of ties into that the, the, pol- uh, the polar bear thing. But again, he's on the second team in town, and also the one knock on Judge. Well, he hasn't done enough. He hasn't. He has to show that he can stay healthy. Well, if Judge hasn't proved that he's the biggest, uh, I mean. If he has stuff to still prove, I mean, Alonzo's played one single solitary season. Who knows? I mean, maybe that's just the jumping off point, but maybe it's not. Maybe that's it. Maybe he'll have injury issues or, or, or things that he has to work on in year number two. So those are your four options for the biggest star currently in New York sports. Aaron Judge, Jacob DeGrom, Kevin Durant, or Pete Alonzo. Voting is now open on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and we'll uh, kind of decide this once and for all. Now, look, if the, the poll questions results uh, hold uh, from yesterday, and I think that they should, 
uh, it should be pretty much clear it's uh, Aaron Judge. And I'm not saying that Aaron Judge, again, it's not that he doesn't have anything to prove or that he's established. You always have questions. There's, there's questions for everybody every single year. You have to continue to perform. And if you don't, but Aaron Judge, I don't have any questions about whether or not he'll perform if he's on the field. The big question for him has been health, and it is a, a significant question. But it's not, uh, it's not like uh, performance is, is much of a, a question. If he plays, he hits, and he performs, and all those other things that I've mentioned. Again, can you make the argument that Jacob deGrom is the face of baseball? I, 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 I don't even think – has anybody ever brought that up? It's probably because you can't make the argument. Could you make the argument that Pete Alonso is the face of baseball? I don't think so. Even Kevin Durant, as, as accomplished as he is, I don't think that anybody would make the argument that Kevin Durant is the face of the NBA. Aaron Judge, you can at least make the argument based on where he plays, how well he plays, his personality, his size, his role on the team as a slugger, all the things we brought up yesterday. You could make a reasonable argument that he is the face of baseball. So that's why he's the biggest star in New York. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's uh, squeeze in a call here. Uh, Jesse is in uh, North Brunswick, New Brunswick. I'm not sure. It's in N. Brunswick. Jesse. Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks, man. My question, my question for you is, what if Aaron Judge played for the Mets? Would he still be that guy? If not, then who would it be? Um, well, look, did the Mets have, I mean, there's a couple of variables there. Have the Mets had the success that the Yankees have had during his tenure? You know, going to the playoffs and, and all that type of stuff? No, no. No, they're, they're still, they're still missed the playoffs the last few years. Yes. Uh, I think it would be kind of tough. I mean, look, I think it would be a more reasonable argument. Now, does, does Pete Alonso go to the Yankees then, or does the Yankees just don't have anybody to replace that guy? No, it's not replaceable. Judge is okay. on the Mets. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it would at least be in the conversation because the Mets, there have been times, at least in my lifetime, where the Mets have been the more popular team in town. Now, it's not been for a very long time, but the fact that it has happened before makes me think that it could happen again. Uh, but I don't think uh, I think it would be close. I think it. I don't think it. I don't think I would vote for it, but I could definitely see other people voting for it. Great, thank you. All right, Jesse. And uh, look, we let Jesse go, even though he did not properly identify me as Gordon Dammer show host, Michael K. Show, trivia champion. Even I'm screwing it up there. What, what the hell's wrong with it? It's all that water. It's that ice water in the morning. It gets your, apparently it gets your metabolism going, but uh, the brain is apparently not uh, part of my metabolism. <laughs> High fly ball, deep right field. There it goes. See ya, tie game. A pinch hit home run from Mike Ford, and it's 2-2. Oh, your moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. Yankees uh, final exhibition game yesterday, so now it's all uh, upward and onward to the regular season. Mike Ford coming through with the big home run in the Yankees game against the Phillies ended in a uh, 2-2 tie. So uh, now we move on to opening day, which is set for Thursday, and a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement for the Yankees, for the Mets. Uh, I did want to bring up a couple of things about the Mets. A, uh, we touched on the Cano thing yesterday. 
The Jed Lowry, and it, it was news now that uh, it looks like uh, he is now he's placed on the injured list and placed because they're worried he might uh, get hurt even further. Right? He have to very gingerly place him on the injured list. Is that the worst contract? I, I get it. There's guys that have made more, but I, it would be hard to do any less. I don't know what his prorated salary is for this year, but he got a two-year, $20 million deal. And at least right now, it looks like he's going to have seven at-bats. Seven in two years. I get that there are guys that had, uh, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury obviously made a whole lot more money. But at least in terms of what you made and what you produced, it would be hard to have any less production than Jed Lowry. He's had seven at bat. He played in nine games. And what's the over-under on games played this year? Half a game? Jacoby Ellsbury was Cal Ripken Jr. compared to Jed Lowry. I mean, when I think about when your mind goes to our worst contracts – New York history. I, I guess the, the the more recent ones kind of get brought up in my mind. Jacoby Ellsbury, obviously. Joakim Noah's deal with the Knicks. The Knicks have had a. I mean, you could have a tournament of all the bad Eddie contracts. Curry, Allen Houston, Eddie Allen Curry. Houston, Eddie Jerome Curry. James. Yeah, Jerome. no, Eddie Curry. Right. I mean, I mean, there's a, <laughs> right. <laughs> We'd be playing that sound effect for the next hour and a half. We'd be halfway through Golik and Wingo by the time we finished all the the, the 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 Knicks bad contracts. No, they've had plenty. I understand. I think that you would have to say though, the the Joakim Noah one. In terms of what you got out of it, like some of the other guys, at least they had some, it wasn't the production that you expected or the, the production that was warranted based on what the pay was. But the Joakim Noah one, you knew from jump, even before it was floated. Like, why the hell would they ever do that? And then they did it. The only person who thought that that was a good idea just unfortunately happened to be the guy handing out contracts on the Knicks, which was Phil Jackson. And the Jacoby Ellsbury one also. Awful contract from jump. That never made any sense. And they made a whole lot more money. But in terms of, at least Ellsbury played some games for the Yankees. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't, you know, based on what the contract was. I think the contract was a seven-year contract, which was just, oof, what a, what a disaster that was. Guy couldn't stay healthy. Wasn't very, was never, never really matched the level of production and his 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 seasons with Boston that were really good were complete outliers. So, I mean, that was a mistake of a contract. Noah was a mistake of a contract. Um, you know, Bobby Benio will be brought up. That's I think that's more about the fact that it was you know the the, the payouts over the next five hundred years. But Jed Lowry, twenty million dollars, and you got seven at bats out of it. I mean that. That is, it's hard to top that in terms of paying what you paid and what you got back. That is, uh, that's, that's really tough. Now, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, the Cano deal, obviously that one has the potential to, if you're talking about the worst deals that Brody Van Wagenen has made, that obviously is going to be the headliner because that has a potential to be a lot, lot worse. I mean, keep in mind, you know, people are talking about what Robinson Cano does this year. After this year, he's got three more years. Three more years. Think about how long a baseball season is. How long two baseball seasons. He's got three more. 
after this year. Maybe it'll only be uh, 60 games a year. Who knows? Uh, so that one obviously has the potential to be the worst because of all the things you gave, you know, you gave up Kalenic, uh, who looks like he could uh, definitely be an absolute star, and you brought in Diaz. That was a disaster. But it's funny because I saw that uh, Joel Sherman had an interesting article where he brings up that it's not really a question of where Cano should hit, but should he be in the starting lineup at all? And he kind of ties it to other second basemen who had you know sharp declines, uh, Craig Biggio, uh, Ian Kinsler he brought up, and that you know the Mets don't really have any ties to Cano outside of the fact he's on. It's not like he was a homegrown Met where you know fans are still behind him. And the fact the Mets are in a must-win situation this year, I don't think you can even move. Let's let's walk before we can run, right? Like the fact that Brody, this is his his big splashy move with his client. The the idea that the Mets are going to bench Robinson Cano, I, I, he could be just as bad as he was last year. They are. I don't think they are going to do that. I don't think that there's any chance at all that Robinson Cano won't still be an everyday player. Let's get the idea, though, at least, so that the team doesn't continue to bat him third when it's pretty clear they have better options. And he's not a. If he goes about this year like he did last year, and looks the same way, I know is you know Joel brings up his line drive rate was still the same. He was still hitting the ball hard. There's no way with his level of production last year that they can continue to hit him third. Even I think at the start of the season, right? There's a there's a greater uh, sense of urgency because it's only 60 games. So if you want to do that in the preseason and get him some at bats, hell, bat him first. I don't care. You know, you see the you know you see these games last night. Yankees game ending in a tie. It's all exhibition. It's all meaningless. So if you want to get him at bats so he's ready for the start of the season, by all means. But when the season starts, you can't be batting him third. That, I think, is a fair conversation. I don't even think it's a conversation. The, the only people who think that they should be still batting a third, unfortunately, much like Phil Jackson with uh, Joakim Noah, happens to be the Mets. But it's not based on reality. It's not based on the facts. It's based on his name and the fact that this is the move that the GM went out and made, and it was a questionable move at the time. But even at the time, you thought, all right, look, it's not going to age well, but at least in the here and now, it will work out. It is not, I mean, it, the fact that he didn't even hit last year, I mean, that tells you that this one has the, the real potential to just be absolutely catastrophic considering, again, he's going to be here for three more years. Like the idea, nobody has floated out the idea of trading Robinson Cano because even that is too ridiculous for sports talk radio. And think about what that means. Think about, think about some of the things you hear brought up on sports talk radio all the time. And nobody has floated Robinson Cano trade because it's that ridiculous. There's no he's here for the duration. Maybe he can get a Bobby Bonilla deal while he'll be getting paid until the year three thousand. It's a possibility. Greater possibility of that than him getting traded. Put that out there. So lots of stuff this morning that we've been talking about. The poll question, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, all about uh, who is the biggest star. We asked the question yesterday: Is Aaron Judge the biggest star? And while he won overwhelmingly, like sixty forty. And as I bring up all the time, you get 60% of people to agree on just about anything these days. That's pretty good. It's not, it's not fantastic. It's not 90% like we had the other day, but 60%, that's pretty good. But we want to break it down even further. And we could not have all the different options. We're not going to spend a week and a half on this because people will continue to bring up things. But I went with the four that I think at least you could make a, a reasonable argument for the biggest star currently in New York sports. Now, the one that I left off, 
uh, was Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon is probably the biggest star football-wise in New York right now. But again, if you're, if you're making the argument from production, he wasn't all that productive last year. He's only played the two years. He does have the personality. He does, you know, people do want to gravitate towards him. He is involved in ads, but it was kind of hard to, to push him over some other ones. So we went with Aaron Judge, obviously, who was uh, murdering it, right? Like if this were a boxing match, they would be thrown in the towel right now. Number two was Jacob DeGrom. That was the one that was most brought up yesterday because of his accomplishments. But again, just because you're accomplished doesn't mean you're a star per se. So Jacob DeGrom is the second one. The third one to me, at least to how I listed it here, I think he has actually a better chance of being the star of the Mets, and that's Pete Alonzo. And then the fourth one is uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, who uh, if it was just the most accomplished, it would probably be Durant or Jacob DeGrom, right? I mean, it really couldn't make much of an argument for anybody else uh, in terms of accomplishments of New York sports stars, but it's not it's not just accomplishments. It's about, you know, personality, impact on the field, winning, all that type of stuff. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. We uh, brought up the good news, which look, we haven't had a whole bunch of it all that much this year, but uh, the NBA yesterday releasing that they have, as they get closer to their restart, they tested 346 players and zero tested positive for coronavirus, which is pretty incredible. I mean, 346 people. Now, they've been quarantined for a little while now, but still, that's uh, that's pretty good. And I guess that's the first step. I don't know that you can say that the first step means that you get to jump ahead to step number five. And I think that that's probably what people, I've already seen people reacting that way. Well, see, we should never have thought of canceling the season. Guys, walk before you can run. This is like just taking a couple of steps and this is the first step, and it's important, and it is a positive. It's great. I'm happy. I want the NBA back. I want baseball back. I want the NFL later this year back, even though my team stinks. I want it all back. But let's not jump to the conclusions that, well, this means definitely this, or this means definitely. It means that it looks like you'll be able to start. After a couple of weeks, who knows? Because, again, while we refer to it as the bubble it's not really a bubble. People are coming in and out. And if they're coming in and out, to think that, right, I don't know how many people are have access to the NBA bubble. Let's say it's 1,000, right, between all the different people that are working there and all the different, uh, you know, as they, as they relax restrictions as you get deeper into the playoffs. A thou- the, the one negative of the bubble is if the virus ever does get in, it could spread very, very quickly. So it's great that it is a positive first step, and it couldn't be any more positive than that. 346 tests, zero positives, awesome news, and that's a great first step, but I think it's only the first step. And as I said, the uh, predictions, let's all uh, avoid predictions, right? Let's just take it as it comes and look for the good news and hope for the best and maybe expect the worst a little bit as well. So... I, I'm happy that that's the first step, but let's not uh, jump to too many conclusions just yet that the NBA is is in the clear because now I think that the more that this gets out there and, and more people realize, all right, the 346, there's going to be an inevitable relaxing of uh, protocols, maybe not by the NBA, but in terms of players. Eh, maybe it's not as serious as we thought, and that's all you need is the, the, is the one case to pop up and all of a sudden, you're back to square one. Uh, the NFL, as I mentioned, they had uh, the the uh, protocols look like they're going to be agreed to, so they're moving forward. You got baseball opening day on Thursday. All good stuff, 
And uh, as I mentioned, the poll question, you can vote on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go out to our buddy Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on? Man? Good morning, Michael K. Show trivia champion. Hey, there you go. It, it flows better and better every single day. Well, listen, you deserve it. You won that thing outstandingly, and uh, we're all proud of you. You yes. know, when you mention uh, contracts like Lowry's, when uh, Larry Hardesty was covering the Knicks, one year might they upgraded me to a seat real close. I was upstairs, and uh, for some reason I did. And uh, I sat by the Knicks bench, uh, by the end of the bench, like two rows up, and Jerome James was sitting at the end of the bench, one hand to God, with a little kid on his lap every game, a different little kid. They did it almost like a promotion to a season ticket holder, bring your kid, and he sat on James's lap for a portion. <laughs> um, yes, Larry. <laughs> It was the stupidest thing. Now, there's a guy that had two good games in a Seattle series, I think against the Lakers, maybe. I'm not sure. Sacramento. Sure was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 he signed a contract. I know you can look it up. I want to say 30 or $40 million. I'm pretty I, sure it was five years, $30 million. That's okay. what sticks in I, my mind. I don't think he had two good games as a Nick. Now, that's two more than Jed Lowry. Yeah. So, what's his contract? What was Lowry's? Ten? Two, yeah, ten year, ten million a year for two years. Yeah, now, I don't know what the pro rate it is this year. Obviously, it's sixty, so it's a third basically of, of ten million dollars. So maybe it's three and change or something like that. But yeah. I mean, you you could not get any less production than Jed. Lowry. No, well, I, mean, you, I don't yeah, think that there's been anybody. I, I guess it was Britt Burns. I remember the, the Yankees yeah. made a deal for Britt Burns. Back he never played. I don't remember if it was a contract or if it was a trade, and before he could even pitch. Uh, he had some sort of hip condition or something like that. I don't think he ever pitched for the Yankees, so I guess that's less production there. What about the draft choice, the pitcher that got into a fight and he got a signing Oh, ball. Brian Taylor, yeah, yeah. I guess that's, again, that was, I think he signed, it was a big deal at the time because it was a million dollars and the guy well, was just out of high school. That's a mil- This is $20 million. I know, why can't we get those contracts? But anyway, listen, uh, I just uh, want to say goodbye to the Michael K. Show Trivia Champion. Thank you very much, Spike. Uh, always a fantastic job. Yes, and uh, in terms of the poll question today, Aaron Judge is uh, is running away with it, running away with it. And, and some people bringing up, uh, you know, somebody brought up Saquon should have been in there. Somebody bringing up Jamal Adams. I mean, you cannot. How could you possibly make the argument? I mean, in terms of of winning and losing, in terms of profile, in terms of position. I mean. You'd have to t- if you were going to go football, you'd have to take something that is a little bit more high profile. Now, unfortunately for Jamal, this poll question is not taking place in Jamal's head. In Jamal's head, he's running away with it. But also, it's the biggest star currently in New York sports. Who knows? By the end of the day, Jamal might be off to Dallas if he gets his wish. Let's go out. Oh, our buddy Omar in Brooklyn is up this morning. Omar, how are you, my friend? Uh, how are you? Good up. The trivia champion from Michael K. I, I there you go. Oh, you got it out. <laughs> that is true. Listen, your your knowledge is extreme, and the people are finding it out. All right. Let me tell you, uh, I, we can have a lot of bad contracts in New York City. Putting Alan Houston in a bad contract situation is out of skin because he gave me the shot, the moment. In last 30 years, I never see the 73 championship. This is even the biggest shot when the Knicks are down. The biggest shot in the history in last 30 years of NBA of the Knicks history. He hit the biggest shot 
awful. Knicks history in the last 30 years. Well, there's not that many contenders in the last 30 years, unfortunately. But I can tell you whatever it is. But you can get a contract from that shot alone. He's talking about uh, Stanton and Asbury. Oh, if Stanton can give you an MVP season, but he cannot hit that type of a shot unless he proves in the playoffs. That's a bad contract. Asbury is a bad contract. Stanton is a bad contract. Okay? Don't put Aaron Houston in that category ever. Well, I don't think that he belongs. It, but, I mean, again, it was I think it was $100 million. And anytime a league comes up with a rule that is tabbed as under your name as a way to get rid of a contract, you have to consider that probably a bad contract. Like the Allen Houston rule was was brought up by the NBA so you could get rid of 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 a of a bad contract. Now, of course, only the Knicks could use the Allen Houston rule to get rid of someone else. I think they got rid of Jerome. Was it Jerome Williams they got rid of? They got they rid of someone else this. under the They Allen should have Houston. gotten rid of Stoudemire. In place of that, they got rid of the, wow. uh, what was his name? Uh, they got rid of the boy, uh, uh, the point guard from uh, Detroit Pistons. Chauncey Billups? Who's the Pistons? Who, who is the Pistons point guard? Who are you talking about? Uh, the, the, that went to Camelo Anthony and played for one year, and he has Achilles, so they get rid of him in place of Stoudemire when they have the option to take out Stoudemire. What's his name? Uh, Phillips. They take yeah, they gave Phillips. an Phillips yeah. in rather than Stoudemire. Well, look, I mean, if you, I, we could do an entire show on just Nick Bad. I mean, we could do a 30 for 30. We could do like a Ken Burns baseball. He had like nine innings. We could do listen, nine parts of listen, Nick's bad Robinson, you, you, you saw the handle of Mitch Robinson? Oh, man, he's becoming a starlight. Wherever he's going to play next year, Mitch oh, Robinson, baby. Uh, Mitch uh, Robinson. Uh, Omar's already, I mean, uh, all right, Omar. Thank you for the call. Omar is already excited about the Knicks next season. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, that that's the one good thing of quarantine. It stopped us from having to watch the Knicks every single night. At least we had that. Everybody's looking forward to sports being back. No, uh, although Knicks fans probably are because they're delusional and insane and they're all about their team and they are the most diehard fans in town. But uh, I don't think that uh, too many other people are, are upset that uh, we're not going to have to watch uh, the Knicks on a regular basis. Uh, who knows? Maybe at some point they'll eventually name a head coach. They're, they're, they're interviewing uh, uh, candidate number 375 today. So before too long. But you know what? Also, before too long, the show's over. It's already done for the day. Please vote on the poll question. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Gordon Damer. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.